This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our early week edition the Game Plan. And, of course, later this week, the tailgate will drop to get you ready for what would, you know, typically during the season be a busy weekend of Sooner Sports. But, obviously, it is summertime, so the schedule eases up just a bit. But the the nonstop news cycle has been never-ending. I think we've started the podcast the last few weeks with the realization that as far as off-season news is concerned, this has been as wild of a stretch from June to July that we've ever had. It's included the retirement of Bob Stoops, the elevation of Lincoln Riley, a national championship in softball, and the focus of today's show, which is baseball. You know, as, as we tape this edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, my name is Chris Plank. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. We are getting set for the first game of the championship series in Omaha of the Baseball College World Series. And I think it goes without saying that it's been a place that hasn't included Oklahoma for a while now. And over the past couple of weeks, there was obviously some news involving the end of the Pete Hughes era. And then we waited to see who was going to be next for the Sooners. And when the news broke, when the story hit, it was with a lot of excitement, I think, for many of the players on the roster and obviously a lot of us who covered him to see Skip Johnson would just slide right over from pitching coach to take over as head coach. And Skip Johnson is our featured guest today on the Sooner Sports Podcast to sit down he had with Toby Rowland. But I, I just real quick in talking about the baseball program and talking about Skip Johnson, I just wanted to share the first time I met Skip and I thought it was real interesting in the press release that was sent out. They had a quote from our buddy on the radio broadcast, former Sooner standout, Ross Hubbard. And Ross said in his kind of evaluation of the Skip Johnson hire, he said, you know, you pretty much always remember where you were when you met Skip Johnson because he's just one of those guys that has the kind of personality to where he captures a room. And the first time I met Skip, we were doing the Sooner sports spotlight TV show and Skip came over and I was running a little bit behind because well kids and as we sat down and taped the interview we just had a really good conversation well a lot of times when we do these interviews for spotlight or when we do these interviews for the podcast we've we've got to fit into people's schedule so you don't get to hang out very often whenever it's over it's usually hey thanks for your time get out of everyone's way and let them get back to coaching or studying or preparing or working out whatever it might be Skip Johnson after his interview was over, we got into a conversation about the radar gun and why it wasn't shown at the OU games or why it was not why it was going to be whatever the, the the topic or the debate started. And I thought it was so cool because he sat there with myself and a couple of the camera guys and talked for a good 15, 20 minutes about his philosophy on why a mile per hour number doesn't matter and why a pitcher getting caught up in that is something that he really works to try to change and works against. And it was fascinating, not only as someone who loves baseball like myself, to hear that 
kind of mindset and understand that angle, but it was also really cool to see that personality in Skip Johnson in that someone asked a, a simple question, hey, radar gun going to be up or you're going to have the radar up this season, and Skip turned and said, let me, let me tell you how I feel about that. And instead of just saying yes or no and moving on with this day, he took the time to sit and talk to us, and we got a chance to better understand kind of his mindset and his philosophy going forward and how he viewed things as a pitching coach. And you would have to imagine, given his personality, given the way that he approaches things, you're not going to see much change in Skip Johnson going from pitching coach to head coach. So that's my story. I loved covering the guy. I love talking to him. I'm excited to see what he's going to do for OU Baseball, but let's hear from the man himself. He was introduced as the new head coach of OU Baseball last week. He joins us this week on the Sooner Sports Podcast as the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, sat down with Skip Johnson. Happy for you, man. I, I want to start by asking you the same question that we asked Lincoln Riley about two weeks ago. You know you're in the hunt for this job. It's been a long process for you. Um, you thought it might happen at Texas. Now it happens at Oklahoma. When you got the call, and I assume it came from Joe C., when you got the call, what went through your mind and what did you do immediately afterwards? Uh, what went through my mind, a, a sense of, uh, of pride, hard work, uh, something that I want to leave a mark on. Uh, you know, I, I've said it long and I, and I, uh, long before about to the pitchers about leaving your mark on, you know, carving your name on people's hearts. Well, my dad gave me my name. I'm, and what I do with that name is, uh, is a reflection and the same thing here. I mean, I leave my mark on the program where all the other coaches have, and it's exciting for me. And then the next thing I did is uh, call my wife and uh, my son, Tyler. I'm assuming they were excited. Oh, yeah, very excited. Um, very can, we break excited. Any, can we break any news today? Have you made, it, made assistant coaching uh, hires official, anything there? Uh, no, sir, I haven't yet. Uh, just waiting on some. Uh, particulars get taken care of what is important for you in that regard um whether it's a pitching coach or a hitting coach or whoever you're going to hire here uh the style that you want to play and and the kind of a team that you want to have what is important for you to land in those positions um a dynamic recruiter uh, somebody who's going to get out uh i've said it you know uh at the press conference and people's asked me, you hiring a pitching coach. No, I'm not really hiring a pitching coach. I'm hiring a guy that can call pitches. Um, I'm going to still do the pitching. It wouldn't be fair to, you know, Jake Irvin and all those other guys to have three pitching coaches in three years. So I realized that. And, um, more so just a guy that's, you know, guys that are dynamic recruiters, guys that know baseball, guys that are passionate about teaching baseball. And, uh, and they can relate. I think that's the biggest thing that I look for, you know, for in an assistant coach. So you'll be the pitching coach, but somebody else will call pitches during the game, if I hear you correctly there, which is going to mean no. you're going to have – no? Go ahead. No. I just want to – I want to hire a guy that's a dynamic recruiting that if I could not call pitches, he could call pitches. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, what's been the reaction from the current players this week? Uh, they were excited. I talked to uh, uh, Hall yesterday, uh, last night. I talked to Irvin 
last night, and I talked to Steel Walker last night. They're with Team USA. They actually have an inner squad. Urban starts on Saturday and throws three innings. Um, and they were excited. Uh, uh, Steel Walker was extremely excited about, um, you know, he sounded different. He sounded uh, uh, um, like he was, you know, he'd been at the Cape Cod. Pitching's been really tough. It was humbling to him. Uh, he's like, I understood what you meant when you when you said you just got to go out and play hard every day and not worry about the outcome or the result. And uh, um, that was good to hear his voice and say that. And it's good to hear Jake say it. Say, you know, I feel bullpen. It was really good yesterday. My arm feels good. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited about the coaches. Uh, they seem they seem like really good guys. And that's all you can ask of your your you know when you send them out during the summers. The coaches that they play for are, you know, they learn from them. Hey, do you have any indication yet as to what Devin Perez is going to do? Uh, as of uh, yesterday, I know uh, uh, Ryan Gaines, our uh, baseball operations and development coach, he, uh, um, he talked to him yesterday about uh, some stuff, and, and it was, he said, I'm 99.9% sure. Uh, that I'm coming back, and I talked to him last week, and then Ryan says, 99.9? He said, no, I'm coming back 100%. So all indications, Ryan talked to him yesterday, and he said he was coming back, so that's a great thing. That's huge. That's huge. Yes. I mean, the way he was pitching late in the year and and with Jake Irvin, I mean, what a 1-2 combo that gives you, and but potentially a 1-2-3 combo if uh, if he can get Dylan Grove straight, what, what? How important is that this summer? I know he's off to a good start, I think, up in the Cape. But just talk about what you'd like to get done with Dylan Grove between now and next year. There's no, I mean, he's a uh, he's a swing man in that whole deal. I mean, you look at his stuff, you look at what he's his potential is and his capabilities are. I think him getting on a, the right plan. You know, um, one of the greatest things I had all year was last week. You know, him calling me and saying, Coach, through six innings, didn't walk anybody and struck out two. And we worked really hard to try to get him to do that. So, I mean, it's exciting. And hear that excitement in his voice and that confidence in his voice is huge. Uh, what will be the recruiting priorities for you? What, you know, the team, the kind of team you want to build, either pitching-wise or, uh, you know, at the plate. What are you looking for? Well, the biggest thing is you know pitching number one. I mean, we gotta we gotta keep trying to get arms in here. Um, I, I you know I, I talk about having enough arms. It's like crappie fishing. You want to see them stacked on a Christmas tree. I mean, you want them as many as you can. And so uh, uh, you know you look at six or seven um, scholarships in, in that in that regard in that area, and then you look at then the infielders and the catchers come next. And then the center fielders and the outfielders come after that. But you look for an athlete, number one. Everybody wants a great athlete. You look for some uh, physicality, guy that's physical. Uh, but you want baseball players, too. You can trade a guy that can't run. Or you can trade a guy that can't throw hard for a baseball player because I think it's more important uh, that understands, you know, the game itself. Uh, you can trade some of those things out um uh, but what we do as coaches is we lose the side of, of their passion, you know, or their intangibles. So we're going to spend a lot of time in trying to find guys that have those intangibles. Um, 
because we don't get their, their tools wrong. We get their intangibles wrong. What's inside their heart and trying to find out what's inside their heart. See if they had that pride, that sense of urgency in what they do every day and they, they work hard. And I think that's a, a big thing. You know, uh, one of the things Bob Stoops did when he got here is, is, uh, he hired Mike Leach because the Hal Mummy offense at Kentucky was the most difficult offense, he said, for him to prepare for as a defensive coordinator. I would assume there's, you know, some thinking along those lines for you here now as a longtime pitching coach, the style of offense that you want to have, whether it's small ball, whether it's try to hit the three-run home run, I would assume is is what has been most difficult for you to try to defend through the years. What style of a team do you think you're going to put on the field offensively, or do you hope to put on the field offensively? Well, you want to put pressure on the pitcher. I mean, that's a – you, how to beat a how to beat a good pitcher is get him out of his get him out of his rhythm, and uh, um, yeah, you see teams that uh, I call it the run and hit offense. You know they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna steal. Doesn't matter what count it is, they're gonna try to hit the ball on the ground. Um, they're gonna create action, and uh, uh, I love I mean I love watching those teams. It's, is it tough to to play against those teams? Absolutely, because you got to be really fundamentally sound in three areas. Building your position, holding runners, and throwing strikes, and getting leadoff hitters out. So, and those are tough to do at times. Easy to say, but tough to do. But that run hit, that top run hit offense is a fun offense. Now, can bring an offensive. I call it an offensive coordinator in here. A guy that uh, comes in and and uh, uh, creates offense. He's got to come in here and look at uh, his deck of cards or the players that we have. And then learn how to play his hand well, and I think that's the that's the biggest thing for now going into the next year or so is understanding that hey we got these guys here 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 they are now let's see if we can teach them to play your type of offense or see if we can teach them to play this type of offense find out what's best for them I want to be able to line up and if we got to hit home runs that day home runs if we got to be able to bunt that day bunt. If we're going to be able to steal that day, we got to steal. Or hit and run or handle a bat or uh, whatever it takes to win that game. And uh, that's the biggest thing for me, <clears throat> Toby. I mean, that's it's very important. Last question, Skip. We'll let you go. I mean, uh, you know, o- OU baseball fans have high expectations. They've won a couple of national championships here and ten times to the College World Series. They want to be a perennial College World Series threat. You know, go go to Omaha – multiple times in a decade, that kind of a team that you see Florida as right now or Louisville recently or all those teams that are up there right now. Um, You've been at a place at Texas where that was certainly the case. You guys were going as many years as you weren't. What do you got to do to get that done? What does this program have to to do to become a perennial visitor or a perennial threat to get to Omaha? I think uh, number one is – Put a good product on the field, and we continue to try to to build that. Put a good product on the field and understand what what the game of baseball is telling us to do. That's number one. Number two is uh, um, bringing in high character athletes that have that kind of passion, that have that drive, and trying to find trying to find those guys. What I mean by the product is being fundamentally sound every day. What I mean by being 
the kids having passion where the fans drive for hours to come in here. When you walk in that and when you walk in that arena to play and it's the seventh and eighth inning and it's a tie game one to one, they bring that guy out of the bullpen. I felt it I felt it when I was at Texas at uh, uh, the Big Twelve in Oklahoma State City and everybody's going boom or sooner and it's so loud you can't even think. And I bring a left hander in and it was a nineteen pitch at bat by JT Wise and I think he killed about four or five people over the third base dugout. It's that kind of passion of those fans going boomer sooner. I mean, just screaming and yelling. And all of a sudden, that you break, they bring that guy in the eighth inning, and he folds. He walks that guy, or he gives up that big hit. He, the fans help us take the momentum of the game over, and we win the game. I think that's going to be the the things that we we look at. We can go to all these other facilities, and there are all these luxurious, nice facilities. But what are we going to do to make that kid better? That's what's important. We've got resources. We've got Nike. We've got gloves. We've got all that stuff. They get shoes. What are we going to do? What structure program are we going to do to make this kid better fundamentally when he walks in here and put that product on that field and get out there and get after it and bring those fans in where the whole, the, the berm is packed. They're screaming and yelling. We got big fans. There's, there's bubbles going, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, uh, the vision that I have for it is going to be, you know, people screaming and yelling, going boomer. And when they walk out of that game, they're going to go, wow. There's bubbles going? Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. All right. When they hit home when they hit home runs. And I got I got Toby Rowland screaming, oh, mama, on the phone, <laughs> on, on the microphone. Uh, I'm excited. I can't wait till our pre- and post-game talks next year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, congratulations, Skip. Thanks for being on with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you for your support. I am excited for that relationship, Skip and Toby, throughout the baseball season. They're going to get us so much great information, and I'm excited to see what Skip does with what's going to be a pretty fun roster to follow. I've uh, been keeping tabs on Steel Walker, who has absolutely been playing great for Team USA. Uh, Kyler Murray just hit a home run out in the Cape Cod League last week. Dylan Grove is out there throwing as well, too. So a lot of exciting news this offseason for Sooner Baseball and their new head coach, Skip Johnson. All right, coming up on the tailgate, which will drop on Friday morning, we've got a lot of basketball chat to get into. Make sure you're logged on to Soonersports.tv this week because there is a lot of kind of behind-the-scenes things that we are doing with hoops, almost a, a hard knocks for basketball with both men's and women's basketball, and we'll take you in-depth on what that looks like. And then we are two weeks away from dropping our first in a series of kind of Bob Stoops memories. I've, I've really enjoyed everyone reaching out and getting some different players to touch base and talking with them about what Bob Stoops meant to them. Uh, we kind of start diving into administrators and those that worked with Bob on a regular basis and putting together the podcast this week. I'm very excited to finish up this project and give you a, a finished product of interviews and insight and analysis and also reaction from those who knew Bob best. So a lot more on Coach Stoops coming up in the coming weeks right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. But until then, thank you for joining us. Thanks for downloading. As always, make note of the new link, Soonersports.tv slash podcast, right there on the player. You can download on 
Apple, uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it is you use to download podcasts, we've got it for you at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Go, go download today. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Skip Johnson. Thanks to Toby Rowland. And until the tailgate later this week, everyone have a great week. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.